Hello and welcome to Mommying, Surviving and Thriving, a podcast for women that believe in living their best life while working and raising a family at the same time. We discuss how to live a happy, healthy, wealthy and thriving life while balancing the demands of being a woman, mom and all-around superwoman. We're here to inspire you with a new perspective and to also create a community of supportive women in the process. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of Mommy and Surviving and Thriving. Today we are so excited to have with us the queen of confidence, Erica Kramer. Erica will help us with our topic of today, which is living your best life. If anybody knows me, I'm always talking about living your best life. And what better person for us to kind of wrap our head around what that means and to show us is Erica, the queen of confidence. So thank you, Erica, again, for being with us today. Welcome. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We have uh, tried to get on before my schedule, her schedule, but we finally were able to make it. And so I'm so happy. And Erica, if you do not know, which I'll be surprised if anyone does not know who Erica is, she has had so many ups and downs within her life, but she is now living her best life in yes. Australia with two boys <laughs> and a husband. And so we want to hear all about that and how your past has shaped who you are today. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I honor you and appreciate you. I know that um, it's so hard with time zones, you know, being in Australia. To anybody listening, obviously I'm not Australian, Aussie, Aussie. I don't, I don't have the accent. I have tried to do it and it's hot mess. So <laughs> um, I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, and I grew up with a single mother. So if you're a single mother or a single parent, a high five to you because what a difficult job it is, right? Um, she raised me, she was bipolar. She really struggled with her mental health. And so uh, there was a lot of physical abuse, although she didn't mean to as a, as a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, it's still a trauma, you know, that you experience. And so, um, I lived in and out of foster care till I was about 16 years old, uh, dealt with sexual abuse. Um, my dad ended up kidnapping me when we went to Puerto Rico when I was seven. And I learned Spanish and learned about the Puerto Rican culture, which was great because my mom hadn't juggled like teaching me Spanish as well. So it was a blessing in disguise, but there was quite a bit of trauma by the time I was 16 years old and I ended up joining the army, which I said to you before I joined the army when I was 17. I don't know about anybody listening to this, but I, f I felt like a, a damaged, stupid Spanish girl from the hood that lived on food stamps and didn't know, you know, if I was going to be able to buy the Jordans and the nice shoes that everybody was wearing or if I was going to have to fight on the school bus. And so I think for me as a kid, my, my uh, emotion was anger. And underneath anger is pain, right? We know that there's so much pain when you have broken homes and this instability and sexual abuse and any kind of trauma that you go through. So being from a marginalized community and all of that happening, I was like, oh, the army is going to be good because they're going to pay for my school because I'm going to go to college, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> so I joined the military when I was like 17, ended up going to boot camp. 9-11 happened in boot camp. So I'm in boot camp and the towers get hit wow. and we're watching it on TV and we're like, oh shit, okay, we just joined for college. And they're like, you will all be going to war. 
things got locked down. My boyfriend who had joined the Marines in high school, he was like, our base is locked down. We were like, what? Like it was so wild. Um, I was also in boot camp when Aaliyah passed away. Damn it. So boot camp was hard. It was like already hard. And then all these crazy things happened. Yeah. So, so I left there, uh, shit got real, you know, uh, my, my boyfriend at the time ended up going to Iraq. We got married in secret. No one knew we moved to California. I was trying to subconsciously escape my life. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but like, maybe if I move away, mm -hmm. <laughs> look, I, I, you know, <laughs> I like that sometimes I have three little ones. I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like, you're just like, I need to escape. And I, I didn't know I was trying to get away from my mother. And I know that sounds terrible, but I was trying to find st stability mm -hmm. as a kid. It was so crazy and wild. And I love wild and crazy. I love community. So I'm a cult foster child person. I love that. Right. Mm -hmm. But I subconsciously was like, I need rigidness. I need military. I need structure. And I need to get the hell away from where I was from. I just wanted to get out and I knew I needed to get out. So I moved to California. Gio went away to the war, came home. And I, I just, I don't know, you know, mothers and women, even if you're not a mother, we do this. We, we stop our lives for the people we love. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, I'm going to put my life on hold so that my my husband now who he's back from war, poor guy can go to school. Now we moved to Florida. So we've been in Boston, California. Now we're in Florida. I'm working full time in the military and he's in school. And that's cool. I love him and we're, we're doing our thing. But I didn't think about what I wanted and what I needed. I was very martyr, like just you do it. I'll do this. And we were drinking and driving one night. We were 23. No judgment. This is the stupid shit kids do. Right. not wearing a seatbelt in the back and we smashed into a tree and a van and hit a ditch and smashed into a store and i was ejected out of the car I ended up breaking my back and having to learn how to walk again it was a hot mess it was crazy and it was kind of like my like a little wake-up call like mm -hmm. y'all what are you doing with your life and i'm like oh, oh my gosh okay i'm in the military i'm gonna go to hair school so I could get out of the army and end up being a hairdresser because I loved like confidence, external hair, nails, makeup. We're going to talk about the nails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, talk about the nails. You know, I was like, like a woman, you know, you want to be beautiful. You want to love yourself. You want to look good on the outside, the out, outside confidence. It was no inside confidence. Uh, I started modeling and doing music videos with like Jada Kiss and Pitbull and, and reggaeton people in Miami. I was like, oh, yeah, like validation station, like really seeking to be validated. Unfortunately, the following year, it was the Cinco de Mayo and it was the Mayweather de la Oya fight. And my husband, I went to bed because I had the army and my husband had a party at our house. It was fine. We were home, ended up, he left the house. And unfortunately he was drinking and he was on his own with no seatbelt, which was very unlike him after what happened to us. And he passed away in a car accident. Oh, no. And I was just like, God, whoever, creator, do you hate me? Like I'm done. I was like, TKO, like trauma out. I was like, control, alt, delete. I'm finished. I can't deal. I can't handle. I've held enough. And I really just felt like I was cursed or something. And I numbed out. I think those three to five years, I don't remember what the hell happened. I was modeling in Miami. I was drinking. I was doing drinking and driving. I was, I don't know what happened. Thank goodness I didn't do drugs, right? But I was lost. Mm -hmm. I went to uh, Las Vegas at, to a hair conference because I was a hairdresser at the time. And I met this man from Australia. And this man was not like a man I've dated before. You know, I dated Spanish dudes, black dudes. I did not date white men. He was a tall, skinny white man with tight clothes. And I'm like, 
okay, this is, this is different, you know? And I, I don't know about you, but as a woman from where I came from, I thought this white dude and no offense to white people, but I'm just saying like the honest truth, this white guy with tight clothes, a nice looking European, he must be better than me. Mm. He must come from something else. He has money. He knows I, here I am with my narrative of stupid Spanish girl from the hood, uh, dumb, not smart enough not educated you know this very lack of worthiness and when we are in a lack we attract lack we cannot attract from a higher space if we are in a low space so i'm thinking he's the best my skype boyfriend he he was not but anyway i moved to australia i was like i'm out see ya again escaping my life thinking nothing would follow me across the pacific ocean but all my shit followed me in my suitcase I couldn't shake it off. And I came to Australia. He wasn't good. He was a narcissist. I mean, shout out to you, Paul. Thank you for bringing me here, but not a nice guy. Uh, so here I am like moving from America to Australia, like, and this man's not good. And I already felt like a loser. I meet another man, same guy, different face, same dude. Okay. And his name was Roy and he lived in Melbourne and I moved to Melbourne for him not a nice guy. And I finally looked in the mirror. I was like, you know what? The common denominator in here is me. Like mm-hmm. I have to look at myself. This is, that was my moment. Everyone's like, what's your moment that I was eating ice cream. I was dumped on my birthday. I felt like such a loser. My nail technician and my personal trainer were my only friends. Wow. I'm in Melbourne. I don't know nobody. Like nobody's here. There's no Latin people. There's no family. I'm like, what a loser. What the hell am I doing here? And I looked in the mirror and I was like, it's me, baby. I need to work with me. Like, what about me attracted this? I don't know. And then my personal trainer said, I know a coach. You should do this work. She's amazing. And just gently kind of nudged me. And I ended up marrying my personal trainer and he's my baby daddy and he's amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So he took me on that journey. And like after 12 months and I don't know how much money credit cards we invested all this money on retreats and mentors and trying to heal all that trauma. uh, Eight years later, I launched my coaching business and started doing this work. So um, I did hairdressing. I did styling for clothing. And then I'm like, Nah, it's the inner confidence that we need as women. It's not the outside, how our nails and our hair look. We look in the mirror, we're like, I hate myself. We need to work on that inside, you know? So that's what I do now. And I think that all the horrible struggles and pain and and abuse and everything, I'm so grateful, like genuinely grateful because it created me now. And now I can do what I do for other women with that empathy and with that knowing that I understand them and that I know what's possible and that everything else that we tell ourselves is a bullshit story mm-hmm. that we believe. And that's why we don't have what we want. That's all your, that story. And I wanted to hear that because I think hats off to you. Thank so you. much trauma, right? So much, but you were able to turn that into what you are today. And I think um, the ladies that listen need to hear that because like you said, there's so many women that have that, um, those past hurts that are taking over their life and they're not addressing them. And they're going from, like you said, from one guy to another guy to one trauma or drama to the next without fixing what's really the issue. And it's most likely past hurts. So I, yeah. what, so you had, that was a turning point that last boyfriend, right? Um, and then you met your hubby, um, but you decided to invest in yourself. Not many mm-hmm. women do. So what do you think really made you do that? Because I think um, I did that like a little over a year ago. That's why I started this podcast. I invested in myself. I got a coach as well. 
So um, the power of a coach, right? So um, what, what was that turning point for you to say, I need to invest in myself? Yeah, well, I think I met Hamish. And again, I don't know if it's the men in Australia or the men I met, but he was also not like anybody I had seen before. He had a very like, uh, and we talk about this openly, like I have more masculine energy because of where I came from and what I had to do that like survival and do, do, do. Mm-hmm. And he's very in the feminine. He's a dude, masculine dude, but he's in his gentle. He's a nurturer. He goes out to nature. He's slow. He has boundaries. He needs to rest. So he was just very nurturing and mothering and welcoming in a kind way. And I had never, we have this joke. It's like, he was Gandhi, you know, like people be like, well, everybody needs to change. And it's like, be the change you wish to see. He was like on this mountaintop in our friendship. We were friends for a while. I was always like, why are you glowing? Like, why are you so calm and, and, and wisdomful? You know, like he was just this, you know, those people you meet where you're like, man, I want to have what you have. Like, how do you have that? And he was, you know what I'm saying? He was never like, you need to do this. He didn't come down from the mountain. He was always like, I'm gonna be up here. Here's a rope. When you want to climb it, I'm it's, it's there, but I'm not going to shove the rope down your throat. So for those of us that are wanting our husbands or our friends or our partners or our mothers to do the work, do the work, like stop shoving that shit down their mouth. Cause they don't want it. Right. I wanted it. And he was showing me what I could have is in the sense of peace, calm, taking responsibility for your life and not being a victim. And he was the first person I told my whole story to. And he was like, wow, you're amazing. And I'm like, oh, you don't think I'm messed up. Mm. You don't think I'm like, a messed up person because every other guy those two guys were like oh we need to delete your past or we can't take you to the family wedding until you've taken off all your modeling photos from google like wow. oh wow you know like i was like like condemnation mm. like so condemning like my tattoo I, I don't even have tattoos but i got one tattoo on my ass which was my husband's signature when he died mm. i don't know why i did that i was in deep trauma right. his family was doing it and my husband's like you will not delete that tattoo go get it redone like that was your husband you know and i'm like what like there's nothing wrong with me so i think when we look to work on ourselves we need to see examples for example you myla you inspire the women that listen to this mm-hmm. you're an inspire inspiring to your family to the people that watch you to your children like you're modeling what putting yourself out there and trying and and building something looks like so the more we shine and this is not corny it's true if you are shiny as hell i get to see you and go oh it's possible Mm-hmm. So Hamish for me showed me that it was possible to gently open Pandora's box, which was my life, mm-hmm. and that I would be safe. So I was very lucky that I I found him as a friend who was a safe space. So if you are listening to this, do you have a safe space where you can open up about all your shit and nobody judges you? Maybe you're hanging out with assholes and you need new friends or you need somebody else. If you don't have that safe space, please find that space in a group of women or somehow, because that safe space created me to allow myself to open up. And then it allowed me to go, okay, I found all my stuff. What do I do with this poop? It's like poop in my hand. What do I do with it? And he was like, okay, there's this lady. She does this thing. I see her. She's been helpful. So recommendation It's very hard to Google life coach, yes. <laughs> business coach. It's like Googling vagina waxer and nobody want to go googling a hairdresser who probably doesn't know how to do your hair so if you could get a recommendation if you could model and role model and i think that those of us who grew up with a messed up uh 
community or a hard, like a, a broken home, that's what we didn't have. We didn't have role models. We didn't know what love and the feminine and masculine was, you know? So he was that role model to me. And then I was open to the invitation that he gave, gentle invitation. He did not nudge me or force me or make me feel stupid or bad. So just check yourself if you are doing, you should read this book. You should listen to Maya's podcast. Why don't you do it? It's like, whoa, man, chill. Like guide me, but don't make me drink that water. Like you're holding the horse underwater. So he did that for me and and I started slowly. And when I had my first session, she took me straight to Gio's death. I was like, oh, hell no, this lady. I cannot believe, I, I, can we just tippy toe? She's like, no, we're gonna go deep into the big mofo that is holding you back. And I had such a big experience, I'm sure like you did, that I was like, I just was like, whoa, possibility? And then I started getting real curious and excited about the possibility. And I'm telling you for eight years, I was very greedy and I just worked on me. I had so much shit to unpack that I wasn't thinking about, I wanna coach women. No, <laughs> it, it blows my mind when somebody joins a program and four months later, they're like, I could do this for other people. I'm like, why don't you keep doing it for your damn self first? <laughs> you know, exactly. it's crazy. No, it's amazing how death and, um this is part of the reason why I started my my father passed away at the very beginning of COVID um because wow. of COVID-19 thank you and so wow. when that happened obviously my life shattered for me he was yeah. the backbone you know we have a very close family um he was there and it that whole situation um and it in itself it was difficult not being able to be with him because of COVID and he was there for everyone else. Um, so that kind of lit a fire in me, not right away. Like you said, I, I actually went into what I didn't know was depression for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking I'm handling things, I'm doing everything. And then I realized something's wrong. So obviously I went to a therapist and they're like, mm, it's a little more than just a, a little depression, right? So you think you're handling things because we as women, mm. so we need to handle things, right? We're taking care of our husbands, our kids and everyone else. But oftentimes it's like, well, who's taking care of you, right? So yeah. um, that point in, in my dad passing, and the whole process kind of eventually lit a fire in me to say, it's, it's your time. And like you're saying, it, it took time for me to kind of figure things out, working with my coach, working with my therapist to get this new version of me out. It was always in me. I just had to bring it out and it needed help to do that. So can you talk about that? Like, how, what are some of the things or tools you use to kind of help the women that you have? So I know you have your... Um, seize a choice, courage, create, consider, continue, right? What are some of those things that you kind of assist the women with as when they come to you for assistance? First of all, I want to honor you because that's huge. What a year you have had. I didn't know about that. I'm sorry to hear that about your dad. That's really, that's a lot to navigate. So props to you and big love to you for still showing up and doing this and even using that as fuel to do this. So just want to acknowledge you on that. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard. I think if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already in the journey of the work. You didn't just find Milo's podcast and do a, what is working on myself, you know? I think someone who's looking, women who are looking at podcasts or watching videos and seeking, 
just that alone is the energy you need to bring into this. It is a curiosity instead of a judgment. It is a willingness to go to the depth of where you're probably scared to go safely. So um, I want to acknowledge that not everyone probably knows how to do the work, what the work is, and probably don't have the the budget to be able to hire a coach one-on-one. So I get that. But what I would say is if you're out there and you're wanting to start to work on yourself, a really cool tool that I use is just like a check-in with my head, you know, because when we don't know that our thoughts create our world and we think that's just some spiritual woo woo then we we don't we don't pay attention to this and what what is it like 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day we think i think women think like a million i think, yeah. I think a million <laughs> thoughts <laughs> i think we break the mold yes yeah. but when you think about the way you think makes you feel a way so if you're thinking you're going to die of covid and it's a really scary thing and you're out in public and you're scared and you're thinking that you're going to feel anxious and nervous. Your body's going to create all the hormones of cortisol and anxiety and adrenaline and all that. So what is your action? What are you going to do? Because you have to remember that how we think is how we feel. And then we take action and that creates our result. And it's a very simplistic way that our brain works. But when I think, you know what, I've never done this before, but I know I can do this. Then I feel confident. Confidence is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Confidence is not a thing you're born with or you're not born with or just for Beyonce and J-Lo. It's available to everybody. Uh, the problem is that we we think that we are or we're not. So number one, you have to pay attention to your head. What are you telling? What are the thoughts that are swirling around in your mind? Do you even stop to think about why you feel sad or why you feel angry or why you feel triggered or why you feel lonely? So if you're a feeler, which most women are, The exercise is every day, just go, how do I feel right now? How do I feel right now? I'm freaking angry. Oh, I'm angry. Or I feel sad. I feel like crap. Okay, what am I thinking? What's the thought? What's the sentence? What's the statement in my mind? Uh, I don't know if you've watched the movie Inside Out. (laughs) Yes, I have. (laughs) Okay, if you're a mother, you've watched that movie, okay? It's literally Inside Out. Like you feel like crap. Well, who's at the panel? Who's at the control? Is it fear? Is it disgust? Is it anger? Is it sadness? Joy is rarely on it, right? And that's cool, but let's find out what's happening up there. And so first of all, understand your thoughts and your mind. Unpack your head. I journal every day. I have a piece of paper or a Kmart receipt at the red light <laughs> or, you know, a napkin at the, I like, I don't play. I'm like, oh no, I don't feel good. I'm, I, I'm very aware of how I feel. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll be angry and I'm like, why am I so angry right now? Oh, it's a pandemic. No, I'm like, why am I so angry? Right. And then I'd be like, my mom, I just spoke to my mom. Ah, and I took on some of the shit that she gave me over the phone and I allowed my mom to piss me off and I don't feel good. But if I don't pay attention to where that came from and how I'm feeling, I will act out my actions and behaviors for the rest of the day are coming from a space of anger, fear, sadness based off of some thinking and I don't catch it. Now, how do I treat my kids when I'm angry and frustrated? How do I treat my husband? How do I show up in my business or don't show up? How do I show up at work? So if we don't pay attention to this, this this cycle, this pattern, we continue to think the same shit, feel the same way, do the same stuff, get the same results. So it's really powerful. Like this is not an affirmation. This is you pen and paper, getting your head on paper, number one. Number two, if you can, Start to unpack what you are thinking. Start to question your thoughts. 
if we believe everything we think, we are living in a fantasy land. Mm -hmm. If I believe that because I'm I'm a, a, a traumatized woman from a bad area and I grew up messed up and I believe that I'm not good enough and I'm not smart enough and I'm not white enough and I'm not educated enough, how the hell am I gonna put myself out there and build my business? Mm -hmm. What kind of man or woman, whatever you're into, am I gonna attract into my life when I believe I'm a piece of shit? Right. Like, right. what? Like this is a work that you don't need a therapist. You could Google, YouTube, I've got videos. I'm sure you've got podcasts on it. Free stuff on the internet where you go, how to stop thinking bad thoughts, how to question my thoughts. I love Byron Katie's inquiry and I love Gabor Mate. Gabor Mate is this uh, Canadian dude who talks very slowly. <laughs> I love him. He does like compassionate inquiry. Like, hmm, just just being inqu inquisitive and curious about why you feel the way you feel, why you think the way you think. Not judgment, okay? Just getting curious. Um, and then the third one is pay attention to who you hang out with. Mm, so who is, you know what I'm saying? Who's got the real estate in your life? Who are you hanging out with that? negative ass friend who <laughs> is in debt and who doesn't believe in investing in herself and buys you know $400 cigarettes and alcohol and she's like why are you investing in a coach do you think you're better than us mm. don't hang out with her right <laughs> don't pick up her phone calls is your mom in your ear and she's just scared and fearful of COVID and it's stressing you out you know who are you around get around good people get around good community join Facebook groups join programs if financially you can because i think we we have an ability we all have choices and that's the big thing that we don't like to hear i'm not lucky neither is my luck she's just been through the most craziest year i think would you say one of the craziest Definitely. years you've ever yes. yeah and you are doing a podcast with a woman in australia who's american um <laughs> because you want to help people who listen to this podcast you could right. just be like i'm done i don't want to do shit, and you have every right to but you're choosing to show up you're choosing to serve you're choosing to create a community and impact and then people go oh lucky for you it's like no it's a choice that you actively make so that's what i would say i would say you know uh pay attention to your head journal work through the bullshit you tell yourself so you don't believe it and number three get around good community and if you don't have it go find it mm -hmm. everything you just said is just like i want to clap right now because I always <laughs> help you. <laughs> you have a choice. Everyone has a choice and people don't like to hear that, but you I have know. a choice whether you're going to get up today or not, right? It's up yep. to you. It's up to you if you're going to take that leap or not. It's it's it, yeah. at the end of the day, it's it all resides with us. And then yes, and we don't we don't like to hear that. No, you're right. No, we don't like to hear yeah. that. And like you're saying, I like to call it I have a um book why not now the journey to take the leap and a part of that is talking about your cheer group like you were saying yeah. you have to have that group of women men whomever mm. to help you alone and it's, it's not also just letting them help you you helping them and you yes. see so much so much when you also help somebody else but again not having the negative and you know i have to be honest i have to be i'm very grateful because i never had that negative person you know how people talking about you have those um toxic friendships mm -hmm. i'm like i never had that um so i'm very <laughs> fortunate maybe because i keep my circle small so yes. um, <laughs> it yeah. is but I've, I've had nothing but great women surround me so i'm very fortunate for yes. that but thank you thank you for uh, again that cheer group that support group investing in yourself
But let's you have talk yeah. about your empire. You have grown your empire into something probably you never imagined. Talk yeah. about that, like how you got started with that and, and where you are today and what, like we said, living your best life. Because a lot of people look at you and you tell us, do you feel like you're living your best life? Yeah, yeah. So I definitely feel like I'm living my best life. And it's so funny because I thought when I make more money, then I will do this thing that will be my best life. And it's like, nope, I have a tiny ass house. <laughs> Our house is so tiny. It's not even my house. My husband's before we met, he bought this. Mm -hmm so simple i don't no offense if you like gucci i don't have any brand names yeah. i don't i have all this money in a bank account and investment and i just look at it and i'm like that's the money that i said when i had it i would do xyz and i don't want to do that and i'm happy as hell and i actually don't want a lamborghini <laughs> um what you know it's interesting right i don't know if you've experienced that but when you think when i have that then i'm gonna do all this then right. you get it and you're like i don't want to do that right <laughs> You're like, like, it's the simple things in life, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Cause the scarcity is gone. So for the business, so we had, I had been working as a stylist in Australia and I was uh, part-time. So meaning side hustle, it was a side hustle for five years. Mm -hmm. That's a long side hustle. That's telling me you don't believe and you don't want to jump cause you're scared. Right. So I was working for a hair company, uh, Monday to Friday. I was a contractor. And I was getting paid like 90K, 89 or 90K a year, 90,000. But I was a contractor. So women in business, pay attention. You still got to pay your own tax, your tolls, your phone. That was not included. So it wasn't 90K. <laughs> Don't get it twisted with those contracts they be giving you. I'm like, 90K. And I had my second baby, Nava. And Nava was, we had moved out of our we lived with hamish's parents for a year to save i'm doing air quotes to save money to buy a house <laughs> so grateful we had that option we saved like maybe fifteen thousand dollars and i said i'm about to have this baby i wanted to have my baby at home because my first birth was real traumatic and I, I knew my body could do it so we got our house we rented a house a big ass house because the crazy pregnant lady wanted a big ass house which has a lot of rent money mm -hmm. and then the big ass house needed big ass furniture because we had no furniture so our savings is getting chipped into, right? And then baby comes, beautiful home birth. I don't even know who I was. It was like a meditation. He came out of my body naturally. It was beautiful. And I went upstairs maybe two months after, was in the shower. And I said to my husband, I don't want to go back to corporate work. I want to do this confidence thing. I don't want to do styling. I don't want to dress women and tell them they're an apple or a pineapple or a pear or a fucking banana. You know, I don't want to do that shit. I want to do the inner confidence. And this was a time mile aware, you know, Tony Robbins was out, but there wasn't many people doing personal development in Australia. Mm. It was a little bit corny to be like, I'm going to a confidence masterclass, you know? <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to do this. And I came downstairs. I'll never forget. I was wet in my towel. And he's looking at me like, are you crazy? We had a second baby. We just bought a Volkswagen SUV. We had got no money. Like we had no, maybe $50 to the bank account. My yeah. husband's gym, who what he had was a gym, was dead because it was around Christmas. So nobody going to the gym at Christmas. We get right. drunk and partying. And eating everything. So, <laughs> yes. So we were financially in the worst position. We had already invested in coaches and business programs. So we had debt and we were screwed. And I'm coming to him and saying, I'm not going to go back to my 90K job. He's like, he's brown, right? He turned white. <laughs> my husband. 
turned white like a light tan he was like what are you crazy i said listen i have to do this i said i got a vision in the shower you know the shower wisdom i'm like if i don't do it now i felt like suppressed i never had a dad but i felt like i had a dad suppressing me going be responsible do the right thing and i didn't have a dad and i said you're not going to be my dad right now i don't have a dad but i don't like how you're looking at me i'm going to do this i said please trust me I'm going to hustle. I'm American. I can do this. And he was like, okay. He was like, all right. So that, that was 2018. It was December. Uh, it was probably January. We were looking for coins to buy bread in our car. Cause we had no money. And I was like, shit, you have coins. What do you have? And he's like, I don't know. I got this. We're looking for coins, right? We're in debt. I have my electricity is on a payment plan. My um, everything was on a payment plan. There was no nails, no hair, no going out, no food. When I'm talking the the worst in Australia that we had ever been, it was the worst. Wow. America, we've had. I said we got electricity, dude. We're okay. He's like, this is my worst. You know, he lived in Australia his whole life. He wasn't used to it. Right. So we felt the worst part was my like we knew air quotes what to do. We had paid coaches, mentors, business programs but we were not doing what we knew. Mm-hmm. And that was the key. I was like, shit. So I read Gary Vee's audio book. I listened to the audio book, crushing it. I was breastfeeding my child. I was f- making toast, watching a toddler. My husband's going to work at 5 a.m., coming home at 9 p.m. It was the worst. I've got it all on YouTube if you want to watch it. It was the worst time of my life. But I'm like, I'm going to make this work. So I said, I'm going to start doing YouTubes. I'm going to put a camera in my face. I'm going to start an Instagram. Uh, my Instagram was there. It was like a thousand followers. I'm going to start a podcast in my car. I don't give a damn. I'm doing all of it. Everything Gary Vee said, I'm on it. And the biggest thing he said was, Oprah's not going to come knocking at your door. That was what I thought. He's like, nobody's going to go, hey, I heard you got a good story, Myla. Do you want to tell us about it? Here's a book deal. No, he right. said, if you have a story, you need to go out and create that shit. You need to create your content. You need to let people know who you are. So I was like, okay, Oprah's coming. Why did I think she was coming? Like she was going to hear about my story. So I'm like, done. And I just went so ham. I was ham on everything. And within that year, um, when we had no money, in February, I launched my first Creating Confidence Masterclass. I sold my coaching at the end of that masterclass, like one-on-one. I think I had three sessions for $67. So was I charging my worth? Hell no, but I was trying to get some little wins, some right. low-hanging fruit, you know? I wanted to prove to my subconscious that people would buy me and say yes to me. So they said, yes, next event. I did an an event every month. Every month I ran this event at this venue that was like $200 venue. It was a bit bougie looking, but it was only 200 bucks. And then none of our events made money. I gave away tickets, but at the end I was like, hey, if you wanna work with me one-on-one, here's a piece of paper, pop your credit card details. And I booked out my one-on-one coaching. Uh, That year we made $160,000, Australian dollars in the business. Awesome. Wow. And I was burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And obviously that was, you know, our, our year one. And I had a side hustle. Uh, I called L'Oreal, the company, and I said, listen, I'm working from home. If you need me, like, can I do anything? So I created a job because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people go, how did you do that? What, how did you pay your bills? I asked for a job part-time from home. Mm-hmm. I would have worked at a gas station. I don't care. Don't be fancy. I need a side job so I could pay my basic bills right. and still grow my business. So don't think like I didn't, I hustled a side job so we could pay the rent. And then I left that job in January, 2019. Mm-hmm. So I worked that side job the whole year, breastfeeding, selling Karastas shampoo, running my events. It was a mess. 
but I had to do that, you know, because if not, you can't just build your business and not pay your bills, you know? Wow, that's amazing. And actually, I did not know that I'm going to look at your YouTube and, and hear more about it. All the stories are there, girl. Like, you should see me. I was freaking, you know, when you just have a baby and you're swollen and you, you're overweight and you're tired and I'm crying in some videos like, I fucking hate motherhood. <laughs> you know, it's. I got one headphone in listening to Gary Vee and the other one we're watching fucking Teletubbies and I'm just like, this is so ridiculous, but it's what you got to do. <laughs> and we all go through it. That It is. Nobody wants to talk about the real of being a mother. And, and I tell people that all the time. If, and I think people don't because they might be afraid that you're going to say, nope, I can't do it because <laughs> it is scary. <laughs> but you get through it. Look, we, we get, yes. you have two. I have three. We've gotten, well, look, we still, my kids are still young. So yeah, uh, I'm still going through it. <laughs> it's hard when they're young too. Mm -mm. And they're so, mine are so close. They're six, four, and three. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So I've got six and he just turned four. So he just oh. turned six and he just turned four. Yeah, so oh. about 18 months. Yes, yes, yes. So hard. High five. High five, girl. <laughs> yeah, it's good with stopping at the two because when that third <laughs> game, 16 months after the that second one it, it kind of blew me um and i was like oh uh, but but you're here and you you built this and you also have a book we didn't talk about your book yes uh, i need to send you a, i need to send you one i'll send you a book i'll get your details after this because in the book i talked about the whole business thing the shower wisdom i talk about the whole thing and what we did and you know I, the book is called confidence feels like shit the truth about confidence and what it really takes to create it and I'll tell you right now, when people are like, what are you going to do on a TED Talk? I really want to do a TED Talk. And I'm like, I would want to do a TED Talk on that. I'm so tired of hearing, if I was more confident, I would have this. No, you wouldn't. Confidence feels terrible. <laughs> you know, uh, I am always scared. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm self-doubt. I am pee dripping down my leg. I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then I do the thing. And most of the time, because I show up to do it, it works out. And then I go back and look at how I could have done it better. And the more I do that, the more I'm in the practice of confidence. It's not a thing I am. It's a, it's a, it's a practice. So that's what the book is about. It's about the real, it, it's my voice. The audio book is me. I swear it's got a lot of quotes and big words. I was not a reader because, you know, I had a, I was not good at school. So I made it a big book, it's big text. So if you don't read books, you'll like this book. Um, got cheetah print and shit. It's fun, <laughs> you know? So I was like, I, I really wanted to, I wanted to speak to my women. It's really for my, especially the women on where I grew up and, and the women who don't resonate with the sordid, rich, uh, I, I never saw myself, uh, I never saw somebody like me, like maybe Cardi B is the closest to me because, and I, some of the shit she does is a bit wild. And I'm like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can approve that Cardi, but like, that's the only kind of person that I see that's kind of like me. Tony Robbins is not like me. Marie Forleo is not like me. Mel Robbins is not like me. Gabby Bernstein is not like me. So right. I'm like, who's representing? So I'm like, I'm going to make a book for people who don't know what the work is and who would never understand joe dispenza byron katie eckhart tolle i never had those people in the hood I, they never came up in right. conversation you know what i mean right. <laughs> and so i i had to try to break that down for the women in that book but in my words so that they could understand it so that's the book um i'm very it's my baby i'm very proud of it i self-published it which was very expensive but then an uh, an independent publisher took it so it's technically a published book but it was 
me because I was like, I don't want to wait to someone possibly do it. You know, we don't have to wait anymore. We don't have gatekeepers. You could launch a podcast in your car, uh, in your closet. You know, you could do your own book. You could do all that. So I think that the thing that was the biggest thing for me was proving that I'm not a stupid Spanish girl. Mm. Proving that my man didn't have to be a rich white man and that he wasn't the one that created the wealth. Did he support me? Hell yeah. But to be honest, the first year, he thought it was a hobby. Mm. He thought my bit, oh, that's cute. Your business, that's such a hobby. I'm doing real work over here. Wasn't his fault. Men are conditioned to believe that all they are here to do is provide. That's why men go for money. It's not because they're trying to take women's money. It's their manhood. If I'm not providing and making money, who am I even? Why am I here? And women have money. If I'm not making, if I'm making money, I'm not going to be a good mom. It's like, what? So I had to prove to him as well. It was kind of my fuel to be like, I'll show you that I'm going to sell my retreat on a swipe up on Instagram. (laughs) And we did. And I'm like, "Mm." and now he's on board. You know, he was like, okay, I understand. Um, we built that coaching business. The following year, I built a, a, a coaching group. I got women together. I don't do one-on-one life coaching anymore or business coaching. I do everything in a group. I think as we heal together, we heal as one. I think it's important that we don't think we're the only ones with right. that sob story, you know, and we see other women that are also like us. I think that builds connection. I think our ancestors always did that shit. I think we always came together in circle. We found a way, even when it was illegal for women to gather, I feel like we found a way. And so that, that program, the sisterhood was incredible. I did retreats and then we launched the book in the pandemic in those six weeks, we wrote the book in the pandemic. Um, the book is like number one in Australia, America, Canada, and the UK in day two. And I'm like, amazing. Awesome. So it's been a, a wild ride. Like we, I work three days full time. My kids are in school when lockdown's not happening, but my kids are in school. My baby's in childcare. Mothers, stop holding on to your babies. Put them in childcare. Let them get confident, you know, then you free time. I second that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Don't be martyr. No, my kid only wants to be with me. No, you only want to be with your kid. <laughs> right. Your kid will be fine. You know, like that's not, I don't have free time. There goes my time. Five days a week, that little mofo was in childcare. I love him, but he needs to go. And he's learning, you know, kids back in the day when we were in tribes, they would have 16 grown ups be with the baby. A newborn would have 16 adults. The mother would only be with the kid seven or eight hours. Mm. Imagine what that kid gets to learn about the grandpa, about the grandma, about the the neighbor. They're learning and taking so much in. They can be so much better when we let go and let them absorb the world. And then they have the foundation at home. So yeah, now we run a a global business. We got like 5,000 women have come through our programs from like 60 countries. The podcast has like 1.3 million downloads and I do it in my car, just so you know, okay? You don't have to have fancy shit. Um, and it's been amazing. We now coach women and coaches. I help coaches particularly who want to build what we build. I think it's very important that women make money, especially women of color, especially women of color. Like we need to know our numbers. We need to know how to make money. We can't be waiting for somebody to save us. Um, and so that's my thing is like helping women own who they are, heal their past sisterhood. And then if you're a coach helping you make money and scale your business without the burnout. Um, and that's, that's the jam now. So, well, congratulations. So many wins this year, the book, the look, and that's actually, I saw your retreat and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. So, um, I, I'm, I'm going to look again to see when the next one is. Cause that's how I first found you is when I was looking for retreats and things like that. And so awesome. I ran across that. So I will definitely look again, but before yeah. 
Before we go, again, I said I want to talk about the nails. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tell us about the nails. And for those who are looking, they're press on nails, which is press like on. so amazing. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. That's our crown. So we have like branded, this woman made our, our nails branded. Um, so in the pandemic, what happened? I used to, I'll be really quickly, but I used to have a bad belief about nails and makeup and hair because my mom cares what people think. So she really conditioned me to be like, no haga eso, ponerte pintalabio, blah, blah, blah. You gotta wear makeup, you gotta do this. And I was like, I don't care what people think. So I always repelled nails and matching and all that shit. And then I realized when we started making money, I was like, I don't get my nails done. Why do I bite my nails and my nails look ugly and I just look at them and they don't make me feel good. And then I bite them. And I'm like, I'm investigating what where this belief has come from and it's my mom. So as soon as I realized that's her problem, I could be bougie and have nice nails and lipstick and it has nothing to do with her. I found a nail salon and I would go busy mom, busy businesswoman, sit at the damn nail salon for like two hours because I want to get the art and I want it to be different and I want it to be cool and I'm a Gemini right. and I get bored, you know, and the Russian lady's like, ka, 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 and I'm like, damn, and then I can't even text because she yells at me. I'm like, I'm paying you all this money. You're yelling at me and it's two hours of my, you know, I'm like, I don't have time for this shit. So the pandemic hit, we couldn't get our nails done and this company called Trace She, T-R-E-S She, they, it's Australia, they're in Australia, but they sell to America and the UK. And this woman, she's a mom, she's a boss, and she created these amazing nails, press on nails that are just so cute and amazing. And America is a big, it's a big thing for her. Mm -hmm. So I tried them and I like figured out how to put them on so that they stay on and I don't do dishes because my husband's right. amazing. <laughs> And I was like, all right. So they were lasting three weeks and it was, it took literally my five minutes. So I know my numbers now. I know what I'm one, zero, whatever. I match up the numbers. I buff my nail, do a little alcohol and I hold it for 10 seconds, blow it. They last three weeks. And I'm like, oh. there's no way in hell when the nail salon, nail salon opens that I'm going to sit my ass down, pay $120 and sit there for two hours. And I can't even get work done. No way. So yeah, so I'm obsessed with press on nails. I feel like I did go to Alibaba. I'm not going to lie and check out. Should I just have my own range? Right. So that may be happening. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> I'm like, shit, this makes sense of my branding. And there's a beautiful girl here who came to our, we had a women's business event, Grow Your Fempire, and she was a nail thing. And I'm like, it was so funny because she was trying to sell these nails. They're custom. So who wants custom nails? Who wants bougie, fancy nails? Not everybody. Right. Her nails are like 60 or $70, right? So mm -hmm. I'm like, you need to know who you're marketing to. I'm a speaker. I'm a, I'm a presenter and I don't have time and I want to be different. I'm right. your ideal client. So I don't even care if you charge me $100 for these and I could rewear them. So she made our crown and she did our scale squad dollar sign. And, wow. you know, I'm just like having fun. Still, I can, I can still wipe my son's bum now. I learned how to be able to change his diaper without scratching him. So it's all good. <laughs> I have to check them out. I think they're amazing. When I saw that on Instagram, I was like, wow. <laughs> I yeah, have you can that. get them shorter. You can get them shorter too. Like okay. you can cut them and file them. And you know, who has time for two hours at the nail salon? I'm sorry, oh, nail salon. I, I don't. Look, I'm always trying to do. fit things in and I, I definitely don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this has been awesome again thank you so much and but before we go yes. where can the ladies follow you all I know right I follow you instagram but if you can yes. tell us everything about you how can we i'm on instagram 
I'm obsessed with Instagram, but if you just Google the queen of confidence, everything's there. I'm on Instagram. I am on uh, the queen of confidence.com. The podcast is there. I love, I love talking on Instagram. I will DM you back. I love talking to the people. It's one of my things. Um, yeah. So just the queen of confidence.com or at the queen of confidence on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, but the main place is probably Instagram and the podcast. All right. Well, again, I'm already following ladies. I think you should definitely follow the queen of confidence, amazing posts, um, amazing stories. So thank you, Erica, again, for participating. Thank you, Myla. And until next time, ladies, give yourself grace. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Mommy Surviving and Thriving. Stay connected by liking, following, and subscribing. We're accepting topic requests and questions by email. Info at mstpodcast.com. How you balance it all? Remember, there's only one of you. Stay positive and give yourself grace. We're here to support you in community on your journey to becoming happy, healthy, wealthy, and thriving. See you next week.